0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. One, two, three,
1: four. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Believe in the Rockets. Only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Credential Reporter, who covers the Houston Rockets for Sports Illustrated slash Fan Nation, Inside the Rockets, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Ladies and gentlemen, on this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets, I will be joined by Houston Rockets undrafted rookie who is currently tearing it up in the G League, Darius Days, as I speak to him about his time in the G League. And not only that, speak to him about his relationship with Houston Rockets rookie Tari Eason. For those of you guys who don't know, Days and Eason spent one season together at LSU, and both of these guys have a really close relationship and a couple weeks ago when the Rockets signed days um, I had an opportunity to speak to Tari about the signing and he was thrilled that the Rockets had an opportunity to pick up days so that's a fun conversation hopefully you guys enjoy it as well but before we get into that I want to talk to you guys about a one attribute that I'm that I've enjoyed watching in the ongoing development of Jalen Green. But before we get into all that, ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you guys about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. With basketball season a quarter of the way through, BetOnline remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You will always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. And as always, it is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, college, and even golf. So head on over to Bet Online to join, and you will receive your. 50% 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your reward because BetOnline is where the game starts. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to start with Jalen Green, who I feel has had a very good start to his second year in the lead, this is a young man who is currently leading a team in scoring, averaging 21.3 points on an efficient 42.4% shooting from the floor throughout the first 21 games of the 2022-2023 campaign for your Houston Rockets. And the one thing that I wanted to see in Green's performance this year was how was he going to impact the game beyond his scoring. Because, look, we all know, going into his second season, we all know that Green was going to take to him as this team's top scorer. I mean, damn near did it the second half of the season when he averaged close to 25 points. And we all know he ended his rookie campaign um, scoring a career-high 41 points in a loss against the Atlanta Hawks. But Green has found a way this season to leave an impact on the court beyond his scoring. And I do want to mention this. Green has made some major improvements on the defensive end. Um, When you go back and you take a look at the Rockets' win against the Atlanta Hawks, it was his performance on the defensive end, finally locking up Trey Young, who I believe ended the night with a game-high 41 points. But (laughs) in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter when the Rockets made their comeback, Green actually took an opportunity to make sure that he steps up on the defensive end. And he did. He came down with a very big stop late in the fourth quarter that helped the Houston Rockets secure the victory. But the one attribute that I've enjoyed watching in Green's development has been his ability to facilitate and create for his teammate. And that was very important for me because... When you go back and you take a look at what Coach Steven Silas has been preaching ever since training camp, he wants to have an offense that is always moving a basketball. And I understand it because every time you hear the word stagnant and rockets in the same sentence, it always results in an embarrassing slash disappointing loss. Early on in the week, you go back and you take a look at the game where the Rockets lost the first game against the Denver Nuggets. The Rockets came out, and I believe they were only down by two or three points to the Denver Nuggets, and they played a very good first half Monday night. And the one thing that I've, that I've noticed, and even Coach Steven Salas talked about it during his post-game press conference was the fact that the Rockets did a very good job of moving the basketball, sharing a basketball. I mean, they had 19 assists in the first half. That's how a young team can actually beat a championship contending team like the Nuggets. However, in the second half, the Nuggets came out, put a whooping on them. Yes, I know Nikola Jokic had 16 in the third quarter, but what hurt the Rockets more than anything was the fact that they stopped moving the basketball. Once again, they scored six, they they recorded 16 assists in the first half. They only recorded nine in the second, which made them end the night with only 26 assists. But a lot of times where the Rockets are in these games and over the last couple of weeks I actually had an opportunity to come away victorious. It was due to the ball movement, and that ball movement was executed by Jalen Green. Over his last 10 games, Green has recorded five and a half assists and in the win against the oklahoma city thunder he recorded a career high nine assists while also scoring 28 points after the game green was asked whether or not he wanted to get the 30 points or the 10 assists and green said he would have preferred the 10 assists over the 30 points because one That would have marked his first career double-double. But to him, most importantly, he says that he feels like the opponents doesn't really respect his ability to facilitate basketball as a playmaker. And I kind of understand that because when you think of Green, you think of a score-first mentality player. You don't think about a guy who is going out there and creating for his teammates. However, the one thing that I like about Green facilitating the basketball, it shows two things. One, as I mentioned, with Green sharing the ball, alongside with Kevin Porter Jr., alongside with Alperin and Shigoon, it makes the Houston Rockets offense a lot better. A better Houston Rockets offense also means that the Rockets are going to play a hell of a lot better against their opponent. Whether or not they come away victorious or not, that's a, that's a different story for another day. But they're going to be more watchable. They're going to be more competitive on the floor. However, on the flip side, and this is what this is the most important factor in Jalen Green becoming a reliable playmaker, it shows that the game is starting to slow down for him. And the more the game slowed down for him, the more he is getting comfortable in the NBA. But not only that, it also shows an enhanced version of Green's basketball IQ. And when you take a look at some of the best players that the nba has today it goes far beyond skills they need a certain basketball iq to be the top five top 10 top 15 um all-star caliber player and i think we can all agree that we are anticipating Jalen green at some point in his career to reach that level and in order for him to do that he has to make sure his basketball iq is on a different level And then, of course, you know, I know I say two things, but looking at the third important um, factor in all of this, it also shows that Jalen Green is also taking more so of an effort to become an all-around player. After he recorded a career-high nine assists in the win against the Oklahoma City Thunder, I had an opportunity to ask Coach Steven Salas how great, has it been to see Green actually go out there and make more of an impact beyond his scoring and this is what he had to say it's great I mean
0: he had a bunch of assists before he had his first turnover I don't know how many but
1: eight.
0: was it 8 yeah so um, you know they were giving him a lot of tension they put Dort on him who was physical and Made it hard on him, but he found a way to score and then make plays for his teammates. That says a lot about our spacing if he's able to turn the corner and make plays. So um, yeah, his development as a playmaker only makes him even more more dangerous.
1: He finished with nine assists, but he dished out eight dimes without a turnover. That says a lot about Green's development. But coming up on the other side of the break. We will be joined by Darius Days, undrafted Houston Rockets. Rookie who is, once again, tearing it up in the G League. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this latest installment of Believe in the Rockets. And as promised, I'm joined by Darius Days. Days, welcome to Believe in the Rockets. And, you know, you've been with the Houston Rockets organization for about a month or so now. But before going down to the G League, did you have an opportunity to talk to Coach Steven Silas or anyone else on the coaching staff to see if there was anything else they want you to work on heading down to the G League? um I talked to I talked to him a little bit talked to John Lucas
0: a lot you know mm-hmm. he really, I, um just being a lot of a lot of guys in the front office you know just telling me to just be solid showing that I can guard multiple positions knock down the open three um just being a great role player rebounding the ball at a high level and just just doing what I do period.
1: Mm. And with that being said, um, what what are some of the – I know it's a big difference going from the NBA going to the G League, but what are some of the things that um, is actually helping you right now make that transition?
0: Definitely the spacing. It's a lot of space out there than I was in college. So, you know, being able to, you know, operate in a lot of space and, you know, it gives me a lot of open lanes to the rim, to offensive, defensive, rebound. So, you know, just the spacing is probably the biggest thing that helped me in my game.
1: Mm. Now, I'm glad that you mentioned spacing, but can you um, elaborate on that more so on the defensive side of the ball? And I'm only asking you that because um, during the preseason, I had asked um, Tari Eason what were some of the biggest differences for him. And he talked about um, one of the things that he had to get used to was the spacing between um, college and a professional level.
0: Right. Um. Definitely on the defensive end is I mean, sometimes you're going to be on the island. You know, when the ball swung to the top of the key, you know, everybody's spaced out, you know, and your guys is, you know, helping on the other other guys. So like when you just guard somebody at the top of the key, you know, you, you literally by yourself until like somebody comes set a screen or something like that. But on the defensive end, you know, we're locked in together. It's like a chain of events. Like if, if, if the guy that's driven the ball at the top of the key drives right, the guy on the elbow has to help too much and he has to kick it to the, the wing. So the other guy on the lower end, on the on the bottom he Got to help as well if the, the guy on the wing drives. So, on on both ends, this is definitely a big adjustment from college to the pros for sure.
1: Mm. Now, with you being in the G League, still developing your game to get it to the level where you want it to be, what are some of the attributes that you are actually hoping to improve on?
0: Definitely shooting. Always can improve shooting. If you can't shoot, but you want to just fizzle out the league. So, just being able to shoot the ball at a high clip, you know, rebound the ball at an extremely high rate, definitely offensive rebound. And, you know, just being able to guard most positions, just being versatile.
1: Mm. Now, I'm going to have to pause right there. You say it's shooting. Um, that is something that you actually been working on ever since your days at LSU. So right. can you just talk about, you know, you? I know you just finished talking about, you know, if you can't shoot, you kind of get phased out of the league. But where is your shooting right now? Like, how comfortable are you with your with your ability to shoot the ball?
0: Um and with the Rockets, you know, we're not allowed to shoot mid-ranges. So like, you know, I've been growing up, I was growing up shooting mid-ranges. I was shooting mid-range in, in summer league. I was shooting mid-ranges in uh in the different camps that I went to throughout my pre-draft process. So like being with the with the Rockets, you know, there you you can't shoot mid-range. So you have to shoot threes, layups, and free throws. So like mm-hmm. being able to good catch and shoot in on all spots on the court, um, kind of dribbling into my shot sometimes you know, just doing just different things with the ball. So, you know, the Rockets is teaching me a lot. You know, the first day I was here, you know, K- Coach KB, you know, me through the whole offense, he, you know, he just, he did a lot for me, you know, the whole coaching staff, actually, you know, the first game I had, I did a lot of good things, but I also did a lot of bad things. So, you know, that just to piggyback on that, you know, screening, it's, it's different ways of screening actually, you know, because in college, you know, you got to hold, you know, you hold your position mm-hmm. and then the pros, you can, you can like, kind of push the guy into the defender or the offender. So like, it's it's a different stuff a lot of growing pains but you know I'm working on it day by day
1: mm. and with that being said um I had an opportunity to talk to a couple guys who had an opportunity to play in the G League um one of the things that helped guys like Kevin Porter Jr um they talked about the uh, transition from going to the Vipers to the Rockets was um fairly easy because they ran the same system um right. how do you think that that is something that you're going to be able to benefit from
0: um, like you said, like what the other guy said, you know, the, the offense is not that hard. The defense is not that hard. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, you just got to be locked into, you know, when we're going through stuff, personnel plays, and different schemes and stuff like that. So, it's it's a fairly easy process with the Vipers.
1: Now, before you joined the Rockets, you had an opportunity. Unfortunately, you went undrafted during the 2022 NBA draft, but you had an opportunity to play um, for the San Antonio Spurs on the summer league. By the way, I, I had an opportunity to watch you for one of the games. Um, I can't remember what game it was, but I, I think you had like a double double like. 12 and 10 or somewhere along those lines? Because I was actually out there for um Summer League. (laughs) I
0: actually played, like, only three games. So, like, the first game, like, I had, like, 11 and 7 against Cleveland. The the second game, I had 17 and 13 against Golden State. And then when we played against Houston, I had 13 11. So, you know, it was – you know, I'm glad we played against Houston because I probably wouldn't be here now. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was actually it was actually the uh, game against uh, Golden State, not the game against Houston because I had love, but the game against Golden State. I had an opportunity to watch you. Um, but with that being said, you know, you played with the Spurs in the summer league. Then you actually had an opportunity to um, spend some time with the Heat. Uh, how important was it for you or how special was it for you to have an opportunity to sign with the Rockets after those two stints in San Antonio and Miami?
0: Um, the, the time I spent in San Antonio it was very cool, you know, being with my first NBA team and understanding the day-to-day process, going through like practices and weights and nutrition and everything. And then it was pretty cool down there. San Antonio, I always have a love for San Antonio. They, You know, it was the first team to actually take a chance on me. So, you know, it's always going to be love there you know, and then I like the state of Texas. I love state of Texas. And then, you know, going back home to Miami, you know, I was six hours away from home. You know, they gave me a, you know, a two-way. So, you know, they seen something in me that a lot of other people didn't see. So, you know, I went there, you know, things didn't work out a little, you know, things just didn't work out on, on, you know, my end. And here it's just like, it's a breath of fresh air, you know, coming from Miami to, to the Rockets, you know, it's definitely a difference, but, you know, in Miami, it's a lot of vets, you know, you got, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, you know, bam, you know, exploding, Tyler Hero exploding and becoming, you know, great stars in the league. But then when you come to Houston, you know, you got, you know, Kevin Porter, you know, you got Jabari, Tari, you know, all the young guys, you know, it's a, you know, everybody is about, you know, 20, 21, 22. And then you got, you know, big EG down there, the vet, you know, taking care of everything and, you know, making sure everything ran right. So, you know, it's, it's a good process, you know, being around a bunch of young guys collectively and they, and they're very cool, you know. I was up there for like two days, you know, talking to him and you know, going through plays with John Lucas and, uh, and other coaching staff. So, you know, I, I'm happy I'm be here. I'm glad to be here. You know, I want to spend probably I want to spend the rest of my life with Houston. So <laughs> you know, I, I enjoy being here, and I I, I really want to be in Houston. So
1: mm. now you know. I can't talk about you being in Houston without bringing up Tari Eason. Yeah, you my know God me. How how ironic and how special was it to, you know, for you for you two guys to do what you guys did at LSU last year and then finally, you know, have an opportunity to reunite here in the NBA in Houston like how did that whole process play out? Like can you just walk me step by step on what happened?
0: So, step by step. Actually, I was I was actually waved by Miami on like a this was on like a Friday or a Saturday mm-hmm. I and um, I, I went home for like a couple of days I worked out stayed in the gym stayed in shape you know talked to my agent he was just like you know you got a week you are gonna put you on waivers and you got a week and then after the week is over you know somebody's gonna pick you up or somebody's gonna do something so boom that happened I, you know I was a, a nervous wreck going through the week I didn't know where I was gonna be you know I was you know I was in a I was kind of bad you know kind of sad I had a bunch of emotions so like the day come, I'm in the I'm in the airport, actually. I'm, I'm in the airport. You know, my, my agent called me. He was like, days I got news. And he and I was like, What's what's good? He was like, So you off waivers and Houston just picked you up. And I was just like, Houston? And he was like, Yeah. And I was like, Okay, cool. And then right after I got off the phone with my agent, Tari called me. He was just like, he was like excited. He was with Jabari and it was just, like, welcome to Houston, bro. So I was just like, Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a good time there. So
1: awesome awesome sounds good man and uh what type of relationship have you been able to build not just with Tari, but with with the other rookies on the team like ty washington and jabari Smith jr um
0: playing in the sec against those guys you know we you know it's, it's pretty cool um when you're just like good competitors everybody have much respect for each other so you know even and we played each other in summer league so you know mm-hmm. everybody was talking on, on the floor you know being competitive on the floor you know, me and Jabari kind of got into it at the free throw line a little bit. Um, Tata, I didn't really say too much to Tata, but he's just good people. And uh, Tari, me and him was me and him always go at it, even, even from practice last year. So, you know, it's it's all love at the end of the day.
1: Mm. Um, last question before getting out of here: What are some of the goals that you have set for yourself, rather it be um, for both the G League and the NBA?
0: First, I want to get I want to get the call up and get you know call about some time on the big team first mm-hmm. before I, I want to get on the floor and play. Um, and just do what I do on the floor. So, and down here, just be solid, and guard most positions, you know, score when I need to score, knock down shots, and just be, be efficient and take care of business. And definitely win another championship down here for sure.
1: Sounds good. Sounds good. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Houston Rockets rookie prospect who is currently in the G League Darius Days who is once again averaging 18 and a half points with eight rebounds. He has played a tremendous role in the Vipers, starting off a G League season with a 7-4 record. As I mentioned, Tata Washington is also tearing it up in the G League. He is currently averaging close to 20 points while dishing out five assists and one and a half steals. So I don't know about you guys, but ever since the Houston Rockets have started, Their rebuild, I have kept a close eye on the talent that has played in the G League. Some noticeable alumni that the Houston Rockets had an opportunity to send down there. Some players actually came back and thrived. You know, you're looking at guys like Kevin Porter Jr., KJ Martin. I remember covering them during their time in the G League. I just believe that the Rockets have one of, if not the best developmental systems in the NBA because outside of this era of the Houston Rockets, even when you go back and take a look at a time where the Rockets were one of the best team in the league during the James Harden era there were so many players who went down there and developed into having a very special or very good and very solid career. Guys like Isaiah Hardenstein, he went down there and actually made a name for himself. So, you know, hopefully hopefully you guys enjoyed the interview. If you haven't done so, please be sure to check out a Rio Grande Valley Vipers game. I'm telling you guys, you know, it's it's not the NBA, but in the words of Dacian Nix, Those are all still NBA players and there's some talent down there and there's some good talent playing for the Rockets G League affiliate team. But ladies and gentlemen, that's going to conclude another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, credential reporter Cody M. Davis, who covers the Rockets for Sports Illustrated slash Fan Nation inside the Rockies please be sure to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24 once again that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24 until next time ladies and gentlemen peace